Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, your space to be activated and elevated so you can become a sought-after coach online. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, visibility coach helping amazing women of color coaches reclaim their voice and have a poppin' and profitable online presence. Visibility is so much deeper than just strategy and mindset alone. Here you'll get the concepts and tools that will amplify your message and catapult you as an irresistible choice in your niche. The time for women of color leadership is here. Ready? Of course you are. Let's dive into the episode. All right, everybody. I am, I've literally been on the edge of my seat (laughs) to start diving into this conversation because Hermes and I have gone back and forth in voice memo DMs and like, I almost wish we could consolidate all of those (laughs) into a podcast because the, I think it's really rare especially now to find people that number one can meet you in these deeper level discussions when it comes to things like marketing and messaging where people just want to be you know all about the tactics and the the surface level things right and number two the fact that we can come together with similar um, values and similar principles and ideas but the way that we each go through that expression of it and just how we see it is so unique and I'm really excited about the community being able to hear your perspective on messaging and how we can use the power the art the science of words to communicate a message that can really withstand the test of time and that's something that I'm really you know so big about talking about here is we're we're building a legacy and that's that's big. That's a privilege, especially as women, women of color, minority groups, we get to um, speak a bigger message that gets to outlive even even our lifetime. So thank you so much for being here and for being open to have this conversation and to dive in in a more formal-ish way. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you being here. And honestly, I was even thinking this before where I was like, I could probably go through the I don't even know how many voice messages we've sent to each other back and forth. And if we had someone that could like re-record those voice messages and compile them, we would probably have a private podcast that someone could subscribe to. So I I appreciate you inviting me on. And I'll even make a note with what you said, where you and I both stand for very, very similar concepts. But as you said, the way that we express it or the way that we allow ourselves to be seen for what we stand for is so different. And I think that's important mentioning simply because, especially in the marketing space, I see so many times people get caught up in, well, what I'm doing is already out there, or what I'm talking about is already being said, or, you know, so-and-so is offering a very similar service to me. And instead of looking at it from that competitive edge, I think you and I, as aligned as we are in the way that we think, we both have such unique energy, energy signatures that the way that we express and the people that we attract are just so different so it just goes to show you can have a very similar message and a very similar approach to doing something and yet be able to attract your own unique tribe just by being able to express yourself in the most authentic way to you absolutely and i think that really goes to show that when we when we are really embodied in our unique gifts that expression is naturally going to differentiate you. And I think that's what people forget. It's not just about the niche or it's not just about the thing that you do, but when you truly let your brand and your platforms be the medium by which you get to come into not only your own full expression, but then as a byproduct that your brand come into a fuller expression, naturally how you do things is going to be different. And that that flips it where people think, well, I have to find out how to be different. Like I need to try to be different. And when you try to be different, it ain't going to hit because <laughs> you're exactly. trying to be paradox. Exactly. Yeah. And I always say the paradox of authenticity is when you try to make something more authentic, you're already taking the authenticity out of it. And same thing with like trying to be consistent, trying to be trying to be anything will oftentimes render the opposite effect. So I, I so agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I'm curious because you're, we were talking about this before we started recording, but when I think about you, I think about, um, I look at things through the lens of spiritual gifts, because I do think that when we're called to do something as crazy as build a business from the ground up, <laughs> when we are called to be brand owners and develop these platforms, I think that the reason why we do that is because we have 
been inhabited and given a spiritual gift, a, a gift that that transcends just the niche or the title or the thing, right? And when I think about you, Parmes, I just I feel like you really mastered the the art of transmission through words and helping people use words as a way that they can come into full expression and transmit the full depth and power of their message and what they're here to do. And I'm curious about like your journey with writing. And I would love for people to hear a little bit more because both of us are 28. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we've been on this planet for so long and you've you've accomplished so much. And I think it's beautiful for people to see how your journey with with writing has really developed over the years. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for recognizing that because I think as a creator or as someone who has what you call a spiritual gift, just having the ability to really own that and then be seen for it is really powerful. So really, really appreciate you being able to see that. Um, this is a very interesting topic because even before we got on this call, I was uh, talking with a peer of mine about my journey from going from copywriting into teaching messaging in the way that I do now. And the idea came about around we all want to be known for something in our businesses, right? We want to have this core brand identity. We want to have this core message um, or at least be associated with, with some results that we get our clients. And unfortunately, sometimes in my experience, and I'm sure in yours as well, we get so stuck on figuring out what that identity is before we take any sort of action, where in my journey and many other people's journeys, I've realized that your message and your zone of genius solidify themselves the more you actually engage with the breadcrumbs of curiosity, with the things that really intrigue you. And so I started off as a writer and I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I started copywriting when I was 19 years old, simply just purely out of a need to feed myself. It was not something that was on like a vision board. I did not think entrepreneurship was even an option for me. I thought you needed to have a vast business background or have entrepreneurial parents. Like I knew nothing about business. I was brought up in a household that was more like, you know, you become doctor, lawyer, engineer, and those kind of like academic fields was, was my, were my only options. And so I started copywriting almost by accident because I realized that uh, I want to have the flexibility to study and to, to pay my way through school without being tied down to a job. And so I did what most entrepreneurs do, which was unbeknownst to me at the time, but look at the skill sets I have that I could monetize. And writing has been always something that has come naturally to me. And that's why it resonates so much when you say it's a spiritual gift, because even at 10 years old, I had short stories that got like provincial awards in Canada. Um, in high school, I was part of a debate team. In university, I started uh, writing persuasive essays or philosophical essays that talked about very controversial topics, but that got really good grades. So I always knew that this gift of communication was a thing. I just didn't realize I could be paid to do it for other people. So when I realized that the, the world of copywriting simply means being able to take someone's expertise and distill it down into how other people can really engage with it and understand the value, I said, oh, I could do that. And of course, I had no formal copywriting training or no knowledge and background in marketing. I mean, the first time I heard a sales page, I went home and I Googled it. Like I didn't know anything about funnels, webinars, like all the marketing jargon that we hear today. That was just not even in my vicinity. So I started by writing blogs and emails and I started to focus in industries that I was interested in. So like in mindset, personal development, health and wellness, um, a lot of fitness clients back then. So things that I personally was interested in. And I realized that the, the more clear I get on what the intention behind this brand is and not only what do they sell and what do they offer or what their product is, but like what do they really stand for? The more I can get into storytelling, the more clear it becomes who this product or who this offer is actually for. Um, again, back then I had no idea what client avatars or archetypes and things like that were. I simply knew that there were certain people that would really benefit from the product or service. And so I started by creating uh, my own principles around what leads to effective copy, what leads to uh, persuasive, impactful copy. And around that time, as I was taking psychology in school, I started realizing that there's a lot of elements of human decision-making, of consumer behavior, uh, why someone would consume one piece of content versus the other, why they would buy one product over the other, even if it didn't make any rational sense. So I really dived deep into the world of consumer psychology, um, neuromarketing, and looking at the intersection of how human behavior 
kind of shapes the way that we make purchasing decisions. And this is what I call, and I think it's Stephen Pressfield that talks about this in his book, um, but he calls it the the, the shadow, um, I think it's like the shadow career, the shadow job, which I, in, in that moment, I thought, okay, my purpose is to blend my desire or blend my passion for psychology and understanding human behavior along with the skill of writing to create marketing and create formulas and tactics and strategies that have been psychologically proven to get people the best results. And so I started writing copy, started producing funnels, started coming up with my own launch tactics and strategies and things like that, that I was testing with a number of people, um, but all by looking at how humans make decisions. Now, I've since evolved past that simply because, and I'm, I'm writing quite a bit about this now, but my realization was that people cannot be reduced to data points. And just because there's a proven tactic, strategy, formula, template that works for one industry or one leader does not necessarily mean that that could be repeated for the other. So this kind of set me down this path of instead of looking at my clients as product-based businesses or service-based businesses, instead looking at the people who actually have personal brands, people who actually want to become known for something, people who have ideas that are perhaps a bit contrarian or go against the grain, and helping them really get embedded in their values. And around this time, I was still writing their copy for them or writing their content for them. And a huge realization that came to my mind uh, as I kind of started to make this pivot and go more towards people who have a mission and have a movement that they want to start, I realized that I'm doing them a grand disservice by taking that power of expression away from them and saying, I can do it better. And let me do it for you because I understand how people think. I understand how to formulate words. I understand how to articulate your thought process and your genius better than you can yourself. And that just did not sit well with me. So this is now in, I would say, maybe 2019, 2020. I started to shift away from accepting done-for-you copy offers and started to migrate a little bit more into if I'm really good at what I do, I should be able to teach this. I should be able to mentor up and coming brands and people who actually have an idea that is going to move people, an idea that is going to change things and disrupt things in their industry in being able to articulate what they do. And it was a bit of a messy process because I always just was good at writing. I never thought about reverse engineering what I'm actually doing when I'm writing or how do I now teach these, these principles to somebody else. And so going back to the very, very first point I made here, my message clarified itself or the people that I wanted to work with clarified themselves the more I engaged with my work. Because I went from being a done-for-you copywriter to basically anyone who had a product or service they wanted to sell online to focusing more on the people who actually had missions they want to leave to then realizing I don't want to be doing the powerful work for them. I actually want to empower them to know how to do this themselves. So that's kind of a long-winded explanation of how I got to where I am now. But I think sharing the story is also valuable because so many people think that they just need to land on their thing. And once they have that thing, and once it's clarified and solid and good to go, that's when they can go out and do the marketing. That's when they can go out and talk about it. But what I really want to illuminate here is that you're your own personal journey is what shapes your zone of genius. With every client you take on, with every experience, with everything that you learn, that you absorb, with every obstacle that you hit along your way, it actually helps you shift and pivot into more alignment into what is actually meant for you. And so that's that's been my journey with the writing process and now no longer doing the writing for people, but actually helping them translate their stream of consciousness, translate their woo ideas into actual articulate, clear copy that will spark the interest of the right people. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I think it what's really what's really speaking through right now, I mean, how often do we hear clients and people online say like marketing is marketing is hard because they feel like they have to get it right. And with every post and with every word and with every graphic, like they just have to get it right. And when they get it right, that means likes, comments, more clients, more money, all the things that they want, right? And what what I've really come to realize is that there's no, there's no way, to your point, right? Because something works for one person and then somebody else can get drastically different results. Like we have to look at why that's happening. And the, that message can sometimes get diluted because we look at these different programs and containers and all they're showing you are the people that got results. What you don't see are the people that, you know, maybe had a little bit of a difficult time with that process, or, you know, maybe they got results 
you know, six months down the line because there were other things I needed to come through or what, like the, the wide range of, of possibilities that there get, that there gets to exist. And I think that what's really coming through right now for a lot of people is realizing that we have to look at our relationship with marketing and see it in a different way that perhaps it was never this arena where we had to get it right. But perhaps it was an arena where I'm giving, giving a little bit of a sneak peek of what I'm going to talk about later in <laughs> another episode, but it's more about coming into fuller integrity mm. and right for you and right for me is really dictated by what's, what's more in full integrity with my expression, but also what my brand is here to stand for. Absolutely. And when we look at it through that lens and it brings you back inward versus feeling like there's always something out there that you have to grab onto. I love that. And I think this is so relevant for so many people in my world right now where they've been pressured or feel like they're pigeonholed into one way of doing things. And there's always nuance to this as well, because working as a conversion copywriter and working as someone who has seen a lot of tactics and strategies and methods be effective, it's not a black and white thing where you can say this either does work or doesn't because it works, but you're not necessarily looking at all the confounding factors. And like you said, just because it worked for one person does not mean that you have everything that they have in place in order for that to work. Another huge thing that I've realized with my clients is that, uh, and over the years of just my own experience, and I, you've heard me say this before as well, where it's not the copy that converts. And I would even argue that the energy behind the content, the integrity behind the content is what makes it land with the right people. Because you can take the same piece of copy and give it to multiple different people. And even though the copy is correct, the words are good, they're tangible, they're juicy, they're clear, the storytelling is on point, the imagery is vivid, like you have all the pieces, but if it doesn't actually land or if it doesn't actually reflect the values of the person behind it it doesn't matter how good the, or how clear the copy is it's not going to get the results that you want it to so unfortunately i think marketing has also been reduced to this like standardized like here is the way to do it and if you don't feel like you fit into that box of doing it that way then you're either feeling a lot of shame and guilt around maybe this business thing is not for me or maybe marketing is the necessary evil where i just have to do it just to get clients that's where we get trapped into this like transactional mindset of I need to do this thing to get clients rather than seeing marketing as just a natural extension of who you are and a natural extension of your mission, just allowing that to be the thing that draws the right people in. And it all comes back down to the integrity piece, because like you said, it, it's it it comes back to making sure that you are truly in alignment with who you actually are and how you want to express yourself without the filters of how is this going to be received? What are people going to think? Is this going to piss some people off? Um, does this fit in with like market standard? Do I follow a perfect flow of caption creation? So when we remove all those masks and just allow ourselves to fully step into who we are and just express that, that's when we get the right people coming into our world. Yeah. I'm curious about... Um your take on, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than how people can start breaking free in their actual content and in their captions, because I don't know about you, but I've seen just from the first line of a post, I can tell if they're following a template. 100%. Like, I see you, I see you business owner, or like, I know you're a powerful business owner. And like, it's like the same um <laughs> words that are being used and i'll share this with you just three days ago i um i saw someone that i actually you know i've been in spaces with her before i really admire her but i was going through the uh it was a carousel and i was going through the carousel and i was like i have seen this before and it had her branding and it had her photo but i was looking i was like this is i've seen this post before and that that is what I feel like, you know, we, we want to go to, you know, we have a client problem, we have a sales problem, but I really, what we really have here is a void of expression. And there's, there's so many templates and things now that have been circulated so widely in the industry that then we wonder why when we post our audience isn't being activated. We wonder why people are kind of like lukewarm to when we show up, but it's because I feel like people have been so inundated with the same creative expression of the same type of content of similar concepts that there's kind of been this um yeah people are kind of like desensitized to it so what's your take on how people can start 
implementing certain creative changes even to create that that pivot and, and kind of be the person that raises their hand and, and, and creates a whole new um, pattern interrupt through their content. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's, there's so many directions that I can take this, but first and foremost, the first thing that comes to mind is that I call that invisible messaging. And when you start using the terminology or the structures of, you know, you know, creating copy or captions, anything that kind of resembles what the industry has normalized as being like conversion driven copy, that's when you start losing that unique essence that you were talking about. And Going back to what you said earlier around your differentiator actually being you, I see this as a huge opportunity because these templates and these scripts that are circling and these launch blueprints and things that are circling on the internet, there's still a lot of people who feel that they need those things to have the safety of, I have a template that is guaranteed to get me results. And one of the biggest skills that you can develop as an entrepreneur is letting go of the need for certainty and the need for having structure and allowing things to flow. So one of the biggest things I can I can tell your audience or your, your listeners right now is to let go of the need for certainty for your brain to feel like it has the steps it needs to take to get something to be put out there. And I oftentimes say that if you want to differentiate yourself in the dating world, you're not going to look at women that you find attractive and start emulating how they do their makeup, how do they, they do their hair, what clothes they need to put on. Uh, you don't necessarily, you know, laugh and have hand gestures and and things that are supposed to emulate someone else if you ask anybody in a healthy relationship what drew you to this person it was just how engulfed they were in being themselves and how comfortable they were in being themselves and even if they had flaws and messy ups and downs they were okay with being held and seen in that and so it's letting go of that need for perfection and understanding that what truly makes you magnetic is actually you expressing yourself in the most rawest authentic form possible because and I see this a lot because of the amount of people I work with in terms of like how to make their messaging more tangible oftentimes I tell people just forget there's an audience on the other end of this that's going to be reading and I know that goes against a lot of conventional copywriting because it's like well if you're not writing with the audience in mind then you're just kind of going off on these tangents and it's not being clear and articulate but your first draft of what you're putting out you want it to come from a place of insight you want it to come from a place of um of passion where you've taken an idea a moment of insight and you've allowed it to gestate, you've allowed it to take form, you've sat with it, you've meditated on it, you've contemplated with it, and you're actually creating a piece of content that you almost feel like is a disservice if you don't put out there. Like it feels so deeply resonant with what you want to be known for and what you want other people to know that you feel like if you don't put this out there, that not enough people are going to be helped. So it's no longer about how do I get this caption perfect so it lands with the right people. And it becomes more about asking, what is the thing that I've been wanting to say that I haven't said? What is the thing that I've been observing in the market? What are the problems that I've seen my clients come to me with? What are the, the solutions that I know I have that is not openly known or widespreadly known in my marketplace? And now how do I talk about those things? How do I talk about the things that do anger me or the things that I I simply know are not true? How do I alleviate somebody else's current pain, shame, or guilt around how they're showing up by producing this piece of content? And when we're coming from a place of, I need to share this with you, and I need to serve because I know this message is going to do well in your life, rather than how do I craft this message so that it actually gets you to take the action I want you to take, that's when we start exhausting ourselves and feeling pigeonholed into these these frameworks and tactics. Yeah, it's, it's almost like taking out the um the additional hoops that we're trying like we're writing a caption or we're writing a piece of content and we're thinking three steps ahead of how do I get them to do these three things after <laughs> they read this and that's where we we become disconnected from the true soul and the true depth of our brand and what we're trying to communicate and what I'm also hearing you say and I mean this is going to kind of be a hot take but um, I think that there's also a shift in deciding for the person that decides, which in my lens, it's really the path of the revolutionary is what I call it. The person that decides that they can no longer live within the confines of uh, mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. Where they know that they are meant to not continue to down the, the nice paved path that people have gone down, but they're forging a new path themselves. When somebody decides that, what I think people don't talk about is that it's not 
it's not something that you can also then say, well, then it shouldn't take more effort, <laughs> right? Like yeah. crafting a bigger message takes a little bit more effort. And that's what for me was so shocking because I was in a an industry that said like, well, if it's not easy for you, then you're doing it wrong. Or if it's not easy for you, then you need, you know, these other softwares and things to figure it out for you because you need to just be churning out content back to that consistency idea of like, you just need to be churning out content. Doesn't matter what you say, people just need to see you. But the shift that we're also making is to add back in the creative process of letting ideas and concepts be digested so that your true mastery can come through mm. when you're on that tr on that treadmill that hamster wheel I call it the content hamster wheel then it's it's just inevitable you're going to have to just go surface level or you're going to have to start regurgitating things that you've heard a million times because you're not giving yourself that creative space to have that first iteration where you get to just pour out all the juice that is within you and then have it develop. And then maybe from there comes a concept or a new framework or something that gets to be birthed through that. So what has been your, your experience or your relationship with like, almost like diving back into that creative artist expression in a climate that's all about just like getting shit out there and, and just being consistent at all costs. Oh, this, I feel like is like the, the nexus point of my life's purpose. And you you kind of have a bit of background as to like my background in philosophy and, and how I, you know, genuinely enjoy diving into some of these like ancient texts and reading about mastery and stoicism. And unfortunately, I think this is the one thing that has become like the pinnacle or become like the the point of death in where entrepreneurship has lost touch with the essence of creating real solutions and actually allowing real ideas and real like things that are meant to create change in the world have now become or ha have been lost at the expense of how do we make this grow faster, bigger, stronger, with less effort. And of course, I mean, I can get deep into the, like, even some of the, the capitalistic mentalities around how do we increase efficiency and how do we just cut back on anything that is not worth our time um, and just, you know, create commodities, essentially. Our ideas have become commodities. Our content has become a commodity. It's just like you said, churn them out. doesn't matter how deep they are. It doesn't matter if people even read them. You just want to be visible. Where I would like to swing the pendulum back to where it was, if it was ever there in the first place, where its ideas need to take the time to develop. You, you mean, you think of like airplanes, you think of radio, you think of these inventions that have actually moved society forward. These were not things that people just woke up with and decided to create. And all of a sudden, now we have this, this product or this, this solution. If you look at any of the great minds, I mean, I always use the analogy where Albert Einstein took four chalkboards of formula to come up with E equals MC square. And we are so caught in the rat race of getting to the E equals MC square that we forget about the process that it actually takes to get us there. And I truly believe that the, the trailblazers, the, the legacy leavers, the people who start those movements are the ones who actually fall in love with the process of development and with the process of iterating rather than trying to get to where they want to go. Because even when it comes to content, I always say that, yes, you want to be repetitive with a message. Yes, you want a message to stick. But repetition is not the same thing as consistency. And consistency can sometimes come at the cost of you either having to burn yourself out it can come at the cost of staying very surface level because like you said, it's not really quality. There's no depth and connection to the content. It's just for the purpose of get it out there. And it actually starts to become a chore. You no longer feel that your marketing or the content creation is actually fulfilling a purpose. It's being done to get clients. It's being done to be visible. It's getting us stuck in that transactional nature of I'm going to create content because that's the thing I need to do. It's one more thing off my list. Rather than actually enjoying the process of taking ideas, allowing them to percolate for a little bit and being observant, right? Watching the market and seeing how people are perhaps struggling with certain things. And how do you respond to that? How do you create pieces, solutions, offers that actually address the very relevant market gaps that exist today? So for anyone listening, and I'm sure that the people in your audience do resonate with this because that's why they're here and that's why they follow you. But the process of mastery and allowing things to take the time that they need to actually grow into fruition, that 
is the secret. <laughs> that is the the shortcut that is the not so shortcut to success. It's playing the long game. It's not falling for the tactics and strategies that are going to make you your first 100K in 90 days. That has its place. And I'm not saying that that is not possible. However, the goal here is not to get to that 100K, is to create a solution that is so valuable that it is worth the 100K in the 90 days. So this, I mean, this could be a whole other podcast episode on its own. I feel like that's a whole like sermon in and of itself, <laughs> bringing it really like, could. just bringing the truth back. But, but it's true, right? Like, I think more so this year, I've come to the realization that I'm done asking for, you know, I'm done asking for the clients. I'm done asking for any monetary amount. And I think every, like I said, every true person that is coded and and meant to be that trailblazer realizes that when you ask for those things or when you do things for those short-term goals to hit the quarterly goal, to hit the yearly goal even, then you're missing the type of work and the type of development and the type of experiences that actually unlock the legacy and and when you start tapping into being part to your point right enjoying the process of deepening in your mastery and yes you still get to market throughout that process and share where you're at and share your insights and share all the wisdom that you already do have because i mean we have the deepest reservoir of of wisdom i mean underneath our our palms every single day mm -hmm. but I just realized that every time you ask for the next client, you're going to have to then ask for the next client and the next client. And you're always going to be in that hamster wheel. But when you instead set your sight and cast a bigger vision of what your brand is really here to do, then you don't have to ask for those things because at, what you're putting out is going to compound in such a bigger way that pretty soon to your point, right? You don't have to even ask for the 100K because the 100K is going to come as a byproduct of what you are the value you're creating, the innovation that you're pioneering, you get to stand for something bigger than just, hey, you know, I'm going to launch and make my next 20K and I'm just here sitting, you know, praying for the clients to, for me to get to that goal. Absolutely. And I love that you said that it happens as a byproduct because I feel like I repeat that so much that I sound like a broken record. And again, I think it's it's one of those things that it can't be taught. Someone needs to really come into that feeling themselves. It's like a deeper embodiment of understanding that the work, the work that you do produces the clients, produces the money as a byproduct of you being super engaged with it. And again, another controversial thing, like I've never had vision boards where I've thought about what's the lifestyle I want to have. And I kind of go against all the manifestation stuff that's taught, but like, you know, envisioning how much money you want to see in your bank account or setting an intention for how many clients you want to bring in with a launch. It, that stuff never sat well with me. And I never understood why until maybe last year where I realized like, the reason why it never sat well with me is because then I'm attached to a certain outcome. And I truly believe the key to creating these realities is having the detachment from needing them. And the less I attached myself to what do 25 clients mean to me? Like if I want to hit my goal of 25 clients, th this launch, first of all, where did that number come from? Why do I give it any sort of significance? Um, and what does it mean if I have 23 rather than 25, right? So it kind of put me, and, and again, I never set these goals, but with people I've worked with very much have set like the intention for how much money do I want to create this year? And then reverse engineering, what do I need to do to create that money? And it sounds good on paper and it gets you hyped up, but then when in execution, it's extremely difficult to actually enjoy the process of getting to that 100K or getting to whatever income goal or enrollment goal that you set for yourself simply because you've now become attached to it. So the secret, in my opinion, and what has worked for people like myself and many others is actually getting so engulfed in improving your quality of services, taking your message even deeper, having those connective conversations with people where you can really see what the crux of their issues are and how can you create solutions that will genuinely help move the needle for them. And the more you get encompassed within improving your processes and deepening your own knowledge and expressing yourself more authentically, the sales just become a, a natural byproduct, right? One of the, the other things I've become known for is not having any calls to action on, on many things. And again, just to preface, I do not, it's not that I mean I'm against calls to action or don't make the ask or don't sell. 
what I'm doing is essentially I'm educating my audience and I'm empowering them to make that decision on their own. I don't necessarily believe that I need to tell people what to do in order for them to do it. I'm allowing them to have that sovereign decision to, for me to not overcome objections, for me to not convince them, for me to not have, you know, countdown timers and closed door emails that are going out because that makes it more about the end outcome, about the product. And instead, I'm giving full sovereignty back to the client to make that decision themselves. But that has happened as a result of me just getting really good at what I do. Yeah, that is a whole word right there. Not having to overcome objections, <laughs> especially on sales calls. Yeah. And um, and really marketing from a place of, and I think this goes back to the switch from what I call like the me to we conversation of having a message that speaks to a deeper movement that people naturally want to be a part of. Like they see themselves through the storyline of your content and they want to be part of that. And being part of that could take so many different shapes, right? Like I, shit, I'm happy if people share. <laughs> like I'm like, you're, that means that you're like, this is good enough to be in your social media. It's like, that is incredible. And that naturally that emotional investment deepens and you know that same person financially invests but without you having to be like if you don't invest in this that you're not going to you know how committed are you to your goal and you need this and oh you feel fearful that's just a limiting belief let me coach you out of it like i think we can really learn from i've been looking a lot at like marketing in other industries across different industries and they really do this right where they're not telling you like hey link in bio like <laughs> by this product they're they're inspiring you through deeper stories like nike like you want to be one of the great athletes like i want to wear their stuff so i think I that there's so much there for us right as an industry to look at how do we market and switch the conversation from you need me or you need this product to when you're part of this brand you're part of a deeper conversation and a deeper movement and that naturally elicits that emotional investment that then creates um, financial investment yeah. And I call this being able to discern between intrinsic motivators and extrinsic motivators. And unfortunately, I think in the coaching and marketing space, we focus so heavily on the extrinsic, which is like showing social proof or having a funnel that has been designed a specific way to get people a certain result um, or having like the countdown timers or having like open close carts so that people feel like the urgency of having to act now, or like you said, overcoming the objections of anything that comes up, whether it's a money objection or a mindset objection, we try to coach them out of it. And like you said, this doesn't happen in other industries. It might to a certain extent, but not so much because what we want to tap into with like the Nike, with the Starbucks, even with the McDonald's, right? Like even some of the brands that we might not agree with, what's happening is that they're tapping into the intrinsic motivators. They're doing the brand association thing where they see how the emotional uh, kind of the emotional sphere around that brand wants to attract the right types of people. People don't go buy Nike because of their you know, because of their epic call to action and funnel system on their website, they're looking at the the image that is being emulated, the brand essence that is being emulated, and they want to be a part of that movement. And so looking at bringing intrinsic motivators into the coaching space is fully trusting that when people resonate with a message, they'll know they want to be a part of it. They'll know that the timing is right. And you know what? If the timing isn't right, trust that they also know that as well. I don't believe in overcoming the I need to think about it objection, that I need to talk to my spouse objection, even if we know that that is a mindset hurdle that they might have to go through on their own, allow them to. It is not my job to convince you of why my product is going to help you. This can go into the pricing structure and making sure that your prices, I mean, we, I'm sure you've heard this, like your price needs to feel like people are elevating just by making the the investment. I don't believe in that. I think that if your price makes someone's nervous system go into a panic, then their entire time in your container, in your world, they're going to be thinking about needing to make that money back rather than actually enjoying and engulfing themselves in the knowledge. So there's so many things that have been used that are so extrinsically draining where I would want to shift the focus or shift the lens to bringing some of the intrinsic ways of creating story, relation, connection back into how we market. So people just naturally want to be a part of it. And we don't get objections on calls anymore. Like, mm -hmm. I don't remember the last time I had an objection with someone. It's usually, I know exactly this is the problem that you solve. I I need this. Here's the money. Let's get started. There was no mm -hmm. objections around it. Why do you think that this industry has gravitated towards really he heavily relying on the extrinsic motivators, as you put it? Because I have my own theories, but I'm I'm curious about what you, like, why do you think 
yeah. that has been the environment that has been created? So personally, I think this comes back down to mastery and also the low barrier of entry into this world. Um, I really do think that there's a lot of people who got into the space who, again, God bless them, but they perhaps haven't yet taken the time to really refine their skill set, to really understand the market needs, to really be able to guide someone to a result. And instead, they got caught up in the rat race of financial freedom and six-figure months, and I can be jet-setting and be partying on a yacht and still have money coming into my bank account. So the, the allure of that became more prominent for them than actually creating a solution that genuinely gets people results. And this isn't everyone, but I've seen it very, very prominently. And so using or relying on those extrinsic motivators has been a way to create what they call, you know, cash injections into their business or create ways to get more and more people into their world so that they can elevate their own status, you know, financially, power-wise, whatever, um, but not actually worry about like, is the product I'm creating truly designed to get people the best results possible? Am I bringing in the most aligned clients possible that truly would actually get results from this? Or am I just bringing in anyone who would express interest in wanting to get this result? So that process of, again, mastery, alignment, integrity, having a deep scope of knowledge around who is your product best for and how is it going to best serve them? And even having it tied to a mission has been let go a little bit because people who do not have it tied to a core mission, a core idea, an ideology that they want to move forward with, a new paradigm that they're trying to bring into their space, when they don't have that, the intrinsic motivators don't necessarily play much of a role. They just rely on the countdown timers and the, you know, the everyday sending emails thing to get people <laughs> into their programs. Yeah, I um, I was like pumping my fist when the, when the first word that came out was mastery, and and to even go like to dissect that even more, right? Like when we look at why mastery has gone out the window, I think it's because this industry, to your point, right, with the low barrier to entry, this industry was was built off of people wanting to be saved from either their their emotional feeling of scarcity or not feeling fulfilled in their other career or I mean I do believe that there are that there was also a, a desire there to help people right like there was a desire for a space where people can use their innate gifts that you know there wasn't necessarily a certification around you know energy healing or whatever there are now but people did want to help and that desire was quickly then clouded with feelings of, I hate where I'm at. I need to make money in order to leave where I'm at. And and it started getting built off of what I call people's wounds. It was built yeah. off of wounds. Yes. And so much of the marketing that I even saw a lot of when I was first coming into this space, now I realized was so anxiety-ridden and fear-ridden because those leaders that were using that were also in anxiety and fear. They also felt like, Either I really need to make this money so I don't have to go back to corporate or I don't have to go back to this other circumstance or I've reached six, seven figures. Now there's more to lose and I need to keep proving myself. And then it just became this rat race of who can get to X amount the fastest. Who's And if you got there, you have the right answer. And I think that with mastery, it really calls for a different pace. Yeah, It calls for us to take a step back and allow that that unfolding that might take years but that's not sexy to sell mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think it comes back down to our need for instant gratification and really it's all kind of encompassed in ego right yeah. and like you said a lot of these programs and a lot of a lot of the industry was built on the need to prove themselves not necessarily coming from a place of I've observed a major gap in the world and I want to fulfill it with this innovative solution I've put together and that's why you see a lot of copycat programs right you see a lot of copycat messaging you see a lot of copycat a lot of stuff because they've always outsourced their own power to oh this person has the magic bullet that's going to help me get to where I want to go and a lot of the decisions around creating businesses didn't come out of the desire for innovation or mastery it came out of the desire of i need to get myself out of whatever shitty situation and start making those super high income months so i can prove myself to my mom so i can prove myself to my boss and that's where it just it, the, the snowball effect of like things just gradually getting worse and then i also have a bit of the hypothesis around i don't even know what i'm going to call it but it's almost like certain individuals will get to a point in their business where they've created so much money and yes people have gotten results and um 
it, it almost clouds their judgment in how effective of a leader are they actually being. So it's like they develop this godlike persona around themselves where it's like, well, I am now untouchable because I have made the $5 million or I am now the, you know, I, whatever I preach is to be taken as gospel because I have now created XYZ results in my business where again, this is where many people fall prey and she's got the solution. She's got the formula. She's going to teach me how to do it. But by doing that, you're outsourcing your own innate wisdom in what actually works for you. So I mean, that could be a whole other thing on its own. But yeah, these these extrinsic ways of getting people into our programs, I genuinely believe that there's more and more people shying away from it. Uh, yeah. Consumers have become more savvy. People have become a lot more embodied, I would even say, in their own decision making, where they're no longer as easily guilted and shamed into making purchasing decisions. People are becoming a lot more savvy around um, not just with their money, but just in their energetic investments. Like when I'm, if I'm investing into this person's container, it's not just what I'm going to be learning, but it's all the emotional context and the energetic context of, do I really want to be in a world with this person? So happily, I think we're, we're transitioning out of that, but this is now the prime opportunity for those people who have already been kind of turned off or have always been a little bit like, I don't really see those icky marketing strategies fitting into my world, this is where you want to actually take a stand and use your authentic voice, use the messages that you want to talk about, even if it's contrarian or goes against the grain. This is where you want to more deeply step into what you want to become known for and allow yourself to express it. Yeah. That's going to get people into your world. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a correction happening. And, and a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, people are not investing anymore. And, and But that's not... I think there's just a natural correction happening in the industry and it's so healing and it's so needed. And it's, it's really to your point, right? Just a, an opportunity an opening of um, a gap in the industry where now people who know that they've met, they're meant to express something differently. There more of them wants to come through more of their wisdom wants to come through. It's like, now's the time because more than ever, our audiences are looking for that. Yeah, they've been burned by other programs, they've been burned by um, other spaces where either the marketing was not in integrity with what the person's real gifts and, and what they were really here to do. Or, you know, yeah, it was just, it, it wasn't the aligned uh, spot for them, or they were kind of emotionally manipulated into that container through the objection handling process and all the craziness that goes into that. So I think that right now it is the time for a new face of what marketing with integrity and mastery and values looks like and and also what it looks like to build brands that are even bigger than just the coaching the coaching industry parameters like there's so much more outside of this industry and i think now it's even a, a beckoning of like how can we grow brands that are not just playing at the level of an industry but able to really encompass so much more Hundred percent, yeah. And I think one of the other things that becomes even more important now than it was before is for everyone to get very clear on what their definition of success looks like, because I think this was another thing that we greatly outsourced to, you know, the market leaders or the people that really were dominating the coaching industry to define what success should look like for us. And I can't even name how many clients I have worked with that I. I I kind of say I do damage control with them because they're like, yeah, I fell for the promise of like the 100K months and like the, you know, more money than you can even imagine and, and not being able to, not needing to work for more than five to 10 hours a week. And I started realizing like, but do I really want that? Do I really want to create that sort of lifestyle? Is that really what that means? Oh, is that what success actually means for me? And so I tell my clients and I'm pretty verbal or pretty expressive about this in my own content where I'm not meant for the masses and I don't want the multi-million dollar business. I'm not making anyone wrong for wanting that. That's perfectly fine. But my own personal definition of success is having a business that is sustainable, is being able to connect with each and every one of my clients one-on-one, -on -one, not delegating it to other people, being able to create containers where I feel like we can have intimate conversations where I feel like I'm actually operating in my zone of genius, where I'm helping the movement starters, not just everyone and anyone who wants to come into the online space. And if I'm focusing on the movement starters, that's not a huge, huge population. And I'm okay with that. So my definition of success might vary from yours or might vary from 
somebody else's. But I now know that depending on how I want to lead my lifestyle, my day to day, that's going to be the the kind of North Star for guiding my decisions, for opening up my containers or opening up more offers or making more money. So getting clear on our definition of success and what does enough actually look like for us is another very key overlooked thing in a market or in an industry where everyone's just talking about more, more, more. Okay, great. You got to this level. This is just the beginning. You've only scratched the surface. How do we now make this more complicated? How do we get more team members? How do we launch more offers? And it's just like, at what point do you become sucked into more, more, more without actually having an intention for what that more is actually going to do for you? You want to bring it back to what is enough for me and what do I see being successful and happy and fulfilling for me? Mm, coming back to integrity. Mm -hmm. a circle moment that really comes back to integrity right there it there really is no right or wrong it's it's whatever is right for you means that it's coming back into integrity with what you really want what you really want to be known for what you you want your brand to do um for your for your audiences so i i just knew this conversation was going to be incredible but i'm so i'm just so excited about all the different corners that we got to touch throughout this conversation. Is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with um, and also let them know where they can hang out with you more? Because your your content is always popping on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you can definitely let them know where they can hang out with you more and where they can learn more about um, your work. Absolutely. Yeah. So my Instagram would probably be the best um, place that people can find me. And it's, it's interesting, even when you say with like any last words, I'm like, I think we can keep going for another three hours. And there would still be many words, many words will be shared. Um, but if for anyone listening, honestly, I think the one thing I could leave you with is to release the pressure to have to fit into somebody else's box of doing something. And I feel like everything that we've talked about today has essentially touched on that one point where there is no right or wrong. And if you naturally feel an inclination towards something and you've been told that that's not going to work or that's you know not going to be effective i challenge you to put it to use and and test that theory you're on your own um you know if you've been told that certain you have to show face in order to get clients or you have to create content a certain way you have to promote it a certain way and of course there's nuance to this because as people who've worked with me know there's definitely ways that you can make your message more tangible making sure that your content strategy actually fits in with your vision so there's definitely strategies and tactics that will be effective but these static strategies are used to amplify what you are now naturally already good at and what you want to become known for not to contort you into what the appropriate way is to do your marketing boom <laughs> love it i appreciate you so much thank you for everything that you shared here and for everyone listening you already know go follow her go check out the links that we'll have in the description and um thank you so much again thank you for having me this is great bye Hey amiga, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode, yes! All you gotta do is head on over to iTunes, drop a review, and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast. También, be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops. Your support means so much to me and I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode. See you then.